0: welcome to another episode of buckets and breakdowns brought to you by the good folks at ball is life and i got a special guest here a good friend of mine boss of mine basketball enthusiast la native uh man this guy's incredible played for syracuse high uh, college Inglewood high school i'm sorry but uh even more so right now he's been doing amazing things uh He's also been an assistant coach with the USC Trojans, and now the head coach of the G League Ignite, my buddy, my pal, also my boss as well,
1: uh, Mr. Jason Hart. Welcome. T. <laughs> for those that don't know, his nickname is T. <laughs> hey, what's going on, brother? I appreciate you having me on the show, man. You know, anytime we get to chop it up about life and basketball, yeah. that's what it's about for us, and i um, happy you're doing your thing as well. And Let's get it going, baby. Let's talk this basketball.
0: You know, I appreciate you more than you know uh, and I always love. We, we talk all the time, man, and this is long overdue. And, uh, you know, I always learn something from 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 you. And I know everybody paying attention to this show is going to pick something up as well. Um, you know, I want to jump right into it, man. Right now, you're the head coach of the G League Ignite. And I just want the people to know, like, Coach Hart is amazing. You know, it's one, from his experience as a player. As a recruiter, as a coach, but also the, just the environment and the love of the game. His whole um, enthusiasm each day, his energy is always up, it's never down. And he makes working for him just incredible and keeps a great environment of these guys getting better, man. Talk about, you know, what the G League Ignite head coaching job means to you.
1: Well, man, it was a, it was a, opportunity that i couldn't pass up for those that don't know i was a college assistant coach for nine years obviously everybody that's uh, an assistant coach wants to be a head coach so i tried that route in college to become a head coach it didn't happen um the ignite program um job opened up when brian shaw took the assistant job with the clippers um i interviewed apply for it and i think i did a pretty good in interview and i got the job and so we're here right now today with you But then also the Ignite experience was even – it exceeded my expectations because what I wanted to do, I wanted to surround myself with guys who know basketball but were selfless and unselfish. And that's where I I called you, man. I I called you and said, hey, you got to take this job, man. And you said, (laughs) "Uh, I don't know, let me check with wife. But I called my boss and said, man, he already said he going to take it. And so Nick and Coach Bake and Hakeem, I tried to surround us so our personalities wouldn't clash, but I knew we would all get along because I knew what type of personalities we had. And then Coach Baker was just the icing on the cake with our like father figure, OG, with our staff. And I thought working together every day was a blast, man, because we laughed a lot. And I think that's what life's about, having a good time and enjoying being in, in each other's company. So I thought that was great
0: yeah i thought it was amazing too obviously myself you know i was first and foremost i was just happy that you had got the job you know and i I felt like i've seen your journey you've seen my journey for over a decade. And I was just happy for you. And, um, and then when you hit me about the job, I was excited. I I was trying to contain my excitement, (laughs) but I definitely wanted to do it. You know, I just had to get my permission slip (laughs) sign. But the cool thing was we were all out there sacrificing a little bit of family time and we became a family and we got through just the, you know, the times when we weren't with our families and um, not on the court, uh, by going to dinner and coaches meetings and different things like that and, and just working with our guys. And, and it made it a, a great transition for me, you know, as a son of a ball player, a pro, I've lived with the sacrifice on the other end as, as a child, whether my dad played overseas or he was out of town or whatever. And that was the first time as a father, his husband to, you know, see what it felt like on the other end. But uh, you made that that whole experience uh really comfortable so i appreciate you man but uh mm-hmm. you know i, I want to talk about um we can talk about the staff i i want to go straight into our guys man the guys we were grinding with you know a lot of people don't know uh we we were we were working with these guys early uh what well, season started in october late october or
1: late um, october and we start working with them like in uh beginning of september early
0: yeah early man a lot of skill work um let's talk talk to them about that environment and and how you were able to create you know that type of practice and uh training environment where it wasn't monotonous and and the energy was high like how did you kind of you know envision how you wanted everything to be
1: well one thing about young players and this goes back to my college days um they want to feel love and they want to feel like they belong and so I wanted to create an environment where we bond with these dudes, cause just as much as you meeting Dyson, that was my first time meeting Dyson as well. So mm-hmm. we, as a staff, we needed to to kind of shore up our relationship with these guys, and what better way than getting them in the gym grinding? Mm-hmm. Now I wanted to. Uh, we had like our, I guess it was like our mini camp or just hard skill sessions, and I knew once we turned that radio on, played the music that they like, I knew that they would give us that energy, and then for me, man, just somebody who loves the game. I wanted to make sure that the gym had the right energy to where you can really just focus, zone off, and get better at your game. And I knew it was gonna be hot in there, And so you always get better in the hot gym because that reminds everybody of the summer. And everybody knows as an NBA player or NBA hopeful, the summertime is where you grind to get better. And I thought uh, you and, and, and the rest of our staff did a hell of a job in getting these dudes better. And now uh, we, t- we almost to the finish line with this group. So we just waiting to see what happened in a few weeks.
0: Yeah, shout out to Nick Hamilton. His energy was always up. Uh, he was enthusiastic. C.J. Williams, Hakeem Warwick, Rod Baker, man. Our, our staff was incredible. Um, but also one thing that was just, I think, a joy for you as much as it was for me, being able to work under uh, Rod Strickland. You know, talk about you know rod's role and you know how awesome it was to work for him
1: well rod uh obviously you and i we grew up watching rod play nba i mean obviously your dad played in the nba against him and so i i was able to play against rod towards the end of his career but just being around somebody who i was like in awe of as a high school middle school uh player and then obviously getting a chance to work with him his insight of the game uh his intellect his hands-on approach to, to helping our guys get better. And then also his his GM skills. Um, he recruited and, and signed a lot of those players on that, that team. And so his vision of what he saw was pretty good. We wanted to bring that out and what he saw. And I just, it, it's amazing that, that the work he done um, and putting that team together. And now, um, you know, it's just an honor for us to work with him. I enjoy it. And uh, he's become more of a friend now and getting to know him after this first year.
0: Yeah, man, I, I enjoyed watching and talking and, and working under him. You know, sometimes people may feel a little uh, nervous or uh, self-conscious about, you know, your boss is watching you. You don't know what they're thinking or whatever. But the great thing about Rod was he'd always give you great feedback of whether you're doing well and then also different things that what could help. And I was always so open to hear what he had to say um, to apply, cause it was never about me. It was always about the guys, you know, getting them where they needed to be. So, um, and talking about the guys, uh, I want to, I want to talk about the first guy I want to talk about is, uh, Dyson Daniels right now, who right now is just shooting up the draft, uh, boards. Um, I think early on there was a lot of, oh, there we go right here. We got some footage of him. Talk about Dyson man. And, and from where he went from the, beginning of the start of the season to where he ended at the end and where he's
1: at now. Well, Dyson was somebody that came in at 18 years old. He's from the NBA Academy. So he has some NBA uh, history uh, with us, probably, you know, from his high school years, but he came from Australia. And I knew, we knew that it was going to take him some time, not basketball wise to adjust, but just used to being in America, you know, homesick. Being at uh, you know, he had siblings at home, mom and dad. He took a journey to America, and he trusted us, and so it was our job to get him as comfortable as possible and get him up to speed. Now, for those that don't know, it Dyson his the basketball started off a little slow, a little a little rocky. He was used to be a little nervous at times, sometimes probably a little unsure of himself. But um, you know, I, I, our staff continue to work with him and uh, continue to put him in the position to succeed. And we allowed him to play through all his mistakes. And when you have that combination, um, you can't do nothing but get better. And that was the environment. It was always promoting to get better. And I thought he showed tremendous growth throughout the year. And obviously towards the end of the year, he just took his game to a whole another level.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, you know, as being an assistant, we were all hands on with him, uh, whether it was showing film, before practice, after practice, late night shooting, uh, before the games, But I would say you probably coached him the hardest, maybe because you guys played the same position. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, talk about that and and why you felt like he needed that extra, you know, push.
1: That's what he needed. He needed an extra push, and I sacrificed. I want to say our relationship because I thought we have. I think we do have a good relationship, but I needed him to become who we thought he can become. I mean, this is a one and done process, so. We didn't have a whole bunch of time of him getting warmed up. We had to get him up to speed and and playing at a high level early. And so I, I did coach him real hard because I seen his potential. Sometimes he probably didn't see it. And so I tried to bring it out of him every day in practice and in games. And um, I thought coaching him hard but fair led to him playing having a really good year. And um, now he's off and running. So. If one thing ever he remembered me is that I I, I made him accountable to be a really good player every single day in practice and in games. And uh, that's how he grew.
0: Yeah, I love the way you coached him. I love the way our staff kind of put our arm around him. Our vets were great. Um, You know, as you remember, early on, he was really quiet. Like you said, maybe a little unsure of himself. But through the development process, the games, the film, by the end, man, this dude was posting little guys up. You know, he's a big guard. A lot of people had doubts about him playing point. We didn't. We believed in it. And um, now he's he, he's one of the most sought-out prospects in this draft. But I, I also thought what was cool about him was, you know, he got more vocal. He started to have his swag. Uh, he started posting guys up. He started uh, looking to score a little bit, but also played really selfless. I mean, blocking shots, defending. Uh, talk about like some of his attributes and what are the favorite parts of his game to you?
1: Well, the favorite part of his game for me, man, is his defense. I think that Dyson is the best defensive guard in the draft and I'm not, you know, saying it cause we coached him, but I'm just looking at what they have in the draft and watching him guard pros. Um, he's the best defensive guard in the draft and then basketball wise, um, he's able to do a little bit of everything. He can pass, he can defend, he can shoot it. He's athletic. He's smart. He has a high IQ um, and he's continued to grow in this game. I mean, he was one of those players to where you knew what you was going to get each game and then watching him grow towards the end of the year offensively. Just it, it started to wow us. And then he understood he was a big guard like you always tell him. And then he started to embrace that contact. And now it's, you know he's playing downhill when he gets drafted and whatever team he go to, he, he will uh, do some of the things we watched him do all year.
0: Yeah, I agree, man. I think that's the benefit of, of joining the Ignite is you get a head start to the uh, offensive schemes that you're going to see or the offensive sets, the, the defensive schemes that you need to be prepared for, whether it's off ball, on ball, uh and pick and rolls. Um, and what I love about him is, like you said, his defense. I think with the positionless basketball, he can guard one through four. Um, you know, he's looking to make the right play. Uh, he's selfless. He getting passing lanes. He can block shots. Uh, his touch, I, I love all of that. And he plays oh. with his eyes up. Yeah, his floater is incredible. And then you know what? He started dunking on people. He started getting up, and that's hey, what I was excited about. <laughs> hey man, you
1: you you said the whole time you gotta dunk the ball, Dyson. You gotta dunk the ball, and that's the prime example of us encouraging him to do it. But mm-hmm. He's getting feeling comfortable and doing it in-game. And so now that's the, that's growth. We watch him grow. And that's the only thing we're here for is to see these guys get better. And uh, the coaching, man, it, it, it was paying off. And we're happy that, you know, he's taking that next step.
0: And see, and another thing I want to talk about with the Ignite program, which is so awesome that I, I don't think a lot of people understand completely yet, is that these guys are going up against grown men. They just got out of high school you know, they're one and done prospects, but they're playing against guys that have three years NBA experience, guys that have been through training camps overseas. You know, uh, we were playing against Kaminga, who's what the number seven pick. Right. He played yep. we played against him about three times. And, yep. you know, these guys aren't going against guys that are just, you know, um, guys in D1 or mid-majors waiting to get their their stats up. You know, these dudes are guys they're taking real fade. So. Um, one of my other favorite prospects that we were able to work with that was just fearless to me and just a hooper uh, was Jaden Hardy. Um, talk about Jaden, man, because, you know, I think he his position is very difficult. You know, the two spot, he's a combo, he can score it. Um, but talk about what you like about Jaden.
1: Well, is, is this Marjan or Jaden?
0: Oh, this might be Marjan. Uh-oh.
1: Marjan. Oh, okay. Well, let's talk about Marjan. We'll come back to Jaden. <laughs> talk Marjan. about Marjan. Yeah, man. Marjan got an interesting story. Um, like you said, a lot of these guys come from high school. Marjan had a different path. Marjan came from junior college. Mm. And so Rod had seen him working out. I recruited him at USC. We offered him a scholarship. And, uh, and so he, he took a different path. He went to train and was getting prepared for the draft after high school. When COVID hit, that shut down, so he had to reroute and, and do a different route to get here. So he chose Yakima during College, where he played ball, and he found his love. Now, after Yakima, see, he had every school in the country trying to sign him. But he knew what he wanted to do. He had bet on himself. He knew how good he could become. He chose the Ignite, which is, you know, coming from his spot, he, he rolled the dice again. So it was like his second time rolling the dice. And so obviously, when, when we got him and we started working him out in the offseason in the summertime, we all knew that he had a chance to be special. And we wasn't surprised when the reaction of all the NBA teams when they start to he started to on attention. Um, we just knew what we was looking at early. But yeah. he's a player that's a that's a typical big wing in the NBA. Uh, he can go off the dribble, he has long arms, he's a really, really good athlete, and he has a high motor. And, and he has to become um, a better three-point shooter like all of them. But he's a starting-level wing uh, once everything comes together in the NBA, being that he has all the physical attributes. And then his main thing is, T, as you know, he can score without running plays for him. And I think in the NBA, the more players you have that can do that, it makes a coaching job that much easier. And that's how you get minutes, by just going out there and playing and produce without plays called for you.
0: Yeah, I agree, man. And you know what was so awesome about him, as you're going to laugh at this, was sometimes we would forget how long he was out there because he was in such incredible shape. Right. You know, and he could run for days, you know, obviously defensively using his length, his size, his anticipation, you know, get block shots, but also just his knack for the ball, like a ball hawk. That's a term that's not really used as much, whether it was cutting, uh, whether it was running on the floor, offensive rebounds, Um, just getting into an open area to make a shot, uh, driving the ball. Like I thought Marjan was a great utility for us and we needed that, you know what I mean? And, and what I love about him was his personality too. He was real mellow. He was real chill. Uh, but he, he was vocal still like quietly like, yo man, I'm trying to get some extra work. Can we get it in? Can we, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I love that about him. And then he was a warrior. He brought it every night. So, you know, uh Marjan, to me, he's a little bit of a throwback player. Yes. Um, you know, he can do stuff with the ball. He can play off the ball. Um, You know, at times he reminded me of Eddie Jones.
1: Ah, yeah, you did say that. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then some, one, sometimes he reminded me of Scottie Pippen. Like, you see that yep. play right there is anticipation. Yeah. Um, so, like, I'm excited to see where he goes. I think he's one of those guys in the draft that fits in right away. Right. And that's what I think is is so valuable about him and just also the program, man, because these guys are coming in knowing who they are. You know what I yeah. mean? They're not trying mm-hmm. to figure out, uh, I can't – I got to – no, the, the the process is accelerated, I think, as a rookie, you know, so – you know, I, I just wanted to talk about Marjan. Uh, I think he's going to be a steal in the draft.
1: And uh, who would you compare him to? Who
0: who would you think he's similar My NBA
1: to? Comp, the two the two players you said were spot on, man. Obviously, Scottie Pippen is a whole other level Hall of Fame. But Eddie Jones, for those that don't know, is a great Laker wing. They got similar skill set attributes. Eddie was a slasher when he came in and then he was able to develop his jumper. I have his trajectory going with Michael Bridges. Um, mm, I think okay. um, three and D uh, player right away. Um, once he obviously get a consistent three point shot, which he will because he puts the work in, mm-hmm. but also the athleticism and being able to affect winning again without needing plays called for you. And I think that's a uh, that's a weapon that he has and that's a strength that he utilizes and he, he understands how to play off of people.
0: Yeah, and a a winner, you know, if you go back to, you know, his high school days, JUCO, he's won, so I think Mm -hmm. he fits into winning basketball immediately, and um, I'm excited for this draft to see where our young guys go, man. Um, I kind of jumped the gun early, but uh, at this point, I want to talk about young Jaden Hardy, man, the combo guard. Um, You know, like I said, he's a hooper, you know, and, and a guy that wasn't afraid of any moment. And he put the work in, man. Like, look at that. He's taking off,
1: dunking on people. You know, I wanted to see,
0: you know, I love to see when guys do that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you're a real big stickler. Two guards, dunk the ball, dunk the ball.
0: (laughs) Absolutely, man. Talk about what you love about Jaden and
1: uh, his whole process with the Ignite. Man, one thing, and you can attest to it, Jaden is fearless. Mm -hmm. And his confidence is supreme. And that's one thing you know that to be an NBA basketball player, those are two things that you have to have to be successful. And he has those just naturally uh, when he plays the game. He's a natural uh, scorer. He's a natural um, go-getter, and he's a natural bucket. And one of his biggest strengths that he have right now kind of got him in trouble at times, but is his ability to create shots off the dribble. Mm -hmm. Once he knows when and when not to, Is gonna be over Um, Mm -hmm. because I think I don't think a lot of people know how good he shoots the ball because he Mm -hmm. did a lot of his shooting off the dribble. Mm, That was tough. (laughs) tough. Jaden's jumper standing still is another level. People haven't even seen that part of it yet. Mm -hmm. So um, I enjoyed coaching him because he was always ready to play. Um, If he missed three shots, that didn't affect him. You know, he, he kept on going. And his confidence is just supreme. Towards the end of the year, he started to figure it out. And um, he got better and better. And then his playmaking was another thing that I don't think people really understand yep. how good that it is. So mm-hmm. he's going to keep on getting better, man. He was our leading scorer for a reason. That means he was getting busy every night. And I think mm-hmm. people in the draft, T, low-key, they're sleeping on him. I and think so, so, too. Yeah, man. So he's becoming a sleeper, which is crazy. And that's only going to um, uh, fuel his fire even more. Yeah, you
0: know, one thing that I like that you did uh, with him, that you saw in him, I think, you know, look, he, he he knows he's good at everything he can do, right? But I thought you showcased him great off the ball as well, where he was moving off of pin downs, uh, double staggers, old school floppy plays, um, you know, box sets and stuff like that, where he can catch it and make a quick decision. And I thought that was something that is great to showcase NBA teams that he can do that, right? Because he's got to be prepared for whatever. Who knows what team he's going to go to, what he's going to be asked to do. But to show that, hey, I can play off the ball and I can play on the ball. I think that was great that you were able to do that.
1: Well, you know, with the talent level we had and obviously a lot of guys being able to create off the dribble, it only right. We had to have everybody, you know, get their equal opportunity. But also, you know, if I get drafted to the Clippers, can I play with, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. If I get drafted to Brooklyn, can I play with Kyrie and KD? So we have to showcase these guys in all aspects. And that's how the game is now, man. Everybody is going to create for each other. And we want our guys to be ahead of the curve. But Jaden Hardy is a bad dude. Uh, People are sleeping on this dude, man. He's a bad dude.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's (laughs) tough. He's tough, you know. He was always ready to work before practice, get extra shots up. You know, whether it was ones, remember when we got the ones going in practice. Yep, he, yep. he wanted to get the ones in. He never mm-hmm. ran from the smoke. Mm-mm. And he had moments, real good moments, where he was locking up. I think it was uh Brandon Boston we went up against,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, against the Clippers. He had some key yeah. steals, some key plays to keep us in the game. Um, and I think that's a sleeper on him too. But like you said earlier about his uh, his playmaking ability. I always wanted to encourage that and work on that because I knew that's going to be something that he was going to have to have at the next level. But I also felt like it was something that uh, for him, I thought it was, he didn't see, maybe he did, because we know his confidence, how good he was at it. You know what I mean? So I wanted to give him positive affirmation uh, to continue to do it. And when he did, it was incredible.
1: It helped our team, and it helped him as a player. And so that's when you get to a dead end. You know, we stressed it. When you get to a dead end, you can pass that ball, and he's a really good passer in tight quarters. And, again, man, this, his game is going to continue to grow. He averaged 19, four rebounds, and four assists um, in the G.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One year out of high school. So just think about that, T. 19, four, and four. That's so, tough. Yeah, man, that's learning three seconds. <laughs> that's, that's a new three-point line. So – You know, he's going to uh, continue to uh, get better and better because he works. And when he does, we're not going to be surprised. Oh,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. Because he does work. He'll shoot late at night. He'll come early, stay late. He wants to compete in practice. And as you know, we already established he's a hooper. Um, The the next player I want to talk about um, is truly the steal and is another sleeper right now. He's a bad MF. Uh, M- I ain't gonna say it, but I told him that every day. And has a lot of skill, uh, hustle, motor. Um, Michael Foster. Michael Foster. Let's let's talk. Let's show some Michael
1: Foster. What what did you love about Mike Foster? Man, he was a grown man. And and you know what's crazy, T. He was 18 years old. His mm. first game, for those that don't know, was against a guy named Sergi Baca. And then when Sergi Baca got tired, they brought in Harry Giles. And so if you think about a college game, a college season, no college bigs were seeing that type of skill uh, and and, and veteranness of that. And Mike, you know, held his own uh, against everybody. He averaged 17 and 8, two blocks. And his game got better and better as the season went along. And, again, coming from high school, he played a lot with the ball. He played a lot on the perimeter. A lot of ball handling stuff, and so he Ooh, had to adjust. It was tight. He had <laughs> to adjust to to this new role and playing closer to the to the paint. And I thought he did it uh, exceptionally well. It was a new position for him, but he thrived. And you know, one thing about Mike is that um, he would challenge us in coaching in terms of uh, making us better. And that was a good thing uh, that we did with him. Man, we allowed him to grow, allowed him to make his mistakes. And towards the end of the year, he had what 21 points and 18 rebounds against James Wiseman. And again, but yeah. 18 years old. So um again, another sleeper for the draft. Um, another player that's gonna get to the NBA and do well, and he's what everybody's looking for. Uh, a big with that's multi-skilled. Once his yep. three-point shot gets consistent, it's gonna be over with.
0: Yeah, you know, one thing I think was great about him as we're looking at the high highlights is he blocked a lot of shots, and, and yeah. a lot of people, you know. He's bigger than what people think. Uh, as he's right. cut, no body fat, long wingspan, and he can test every shot. Look at this. And,
1: look, at this look at this. Look at that. Uh, Breakdown. Ha! Ah!
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, that's what I'm saying, man. And, 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 and I think, you know, when you looked at our team, you had to see where he could fit in for your squad because he was doing a lot. As you see, putting him at the elbow, he's making plays, he's rolling to the rim, lob dunks. You know, he's blocking shots. He's running the floor. Um, He had a good mid-post game. And, you know, he could, you know, a lot of players can, can show that they can do more. You know what I'm saying? Because of the confines, not confinement, but like so much talent on our team and what we have to showcase. I think a
1: lot of people haven't even seen everything that he also can do. Well, that's, what, that's that's why I was wondering, did, you know, did, did people really watch him and go back and watch his film? Because when you watch his film, the film don't lie. He has a lot of skill and a lot and a lot of upside left in his game. And so yep. he's just scratching the surface, man. He's 19 years old, man. He, he ain't nowhere near 25 years old. I predict by the time he's 21, 22, he's the NBA starter. And I'm that's not going to cool. back down from that statement.
0: Absolutely. And he averaged a double-double. You know, flew a few blocks of game, some assists. Um, And, again, he's taking fades from uh Bro. Serge Baca, Harry Greg Childs, Greg Monroe, Jonathan Kaminga. I mean, he was going up against some real dogs, and he
1: showed Jordan his dog. Bill. Jordan Mills. Jordan Bill. Bill. Yeah. And, and Yeah. He was, was. – no he he, hey, you know, he was fearless, and he never shied away from no competition. One thing I want to give respect to all our players is – they all could have went to college, but they chose to come this way. And this way is more you're getting exposed. You can't hide. So for them to, to, to take on this challenge and, and, and take on any any opposition is amazing, man, because they could have easily went to college and linked up with a bunch of five stars and just went beat up on the sorriest teams in their league. They yep. chose to uh, go pro, and they're going to be better for it in the end.
0: Absolutely. Now, there was a quick move down there in the post. Where he jab, jab, spin. We worked on that, by the way. Yeah, uh, yeah. Too, <laughs> you know, no, that's too special. We took Peck, his time on the back, you know. We worked on that a little bit. Shout out to CJ, he was coach CJ was working with him as well. Hawk, you know, uh, on a lot of that footwork down low, man. Shout out to Mike Foster, five star Foster, man. Um, yeah, I'm so excited, you know, to see where he's going to go, man, because I think he's a steal. He's what the NBA is right now. As you look at your Draymonds, your Horfords, uh, Julius Randles, these Grant guys Williams. are the hubs. Grant Williams,
1: they're the hubs of your offense now. So – Jay Crowder. There you go. You, you Bobby know, so. Portis, so he got a lot of comps, and uh, I, I think he's going to fit that mold once it's all put together. And uh, he got a little Marquise Morris too, as well. You know, one of them, you know, shoot the three, mid post. So yep. Mike uh, got a lot of attributes, and what you what you said, you weren't off off point at all, man. He uh, he has a lot of skill set, and we're gonna see him showcase that here soon.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. Bobby Portis. I mean, he threw out some some real comps right there. So um, you know, the next guy. Well, first off, before we go there, man, like I gotta say it again our guys are playing against pros and they are pros coming out of high school. And, you know, the challenge of, you know, the early on, you know, taking your lumps to, okay, I got to watch some film. I got to get back in the lab, watch more film back in the lab game, more film to where we got towards the end. You know, I thought, Everybody showed who they are going to be at the next level. And for me, you know, doing the, the player development side, um, working for you, that was my ultimate goal. By the end, can these guys show who they are going to be? So moving on, this is why I'm saying this. We're going to go to the Fanbo Zang, Fanbo, right? T- Had some struggles early, but towards the end, man, he showed what kind of pro he's going to be. So I want to talk about Fambo. What's your thoughts on Fambo?
1: Well, Fambo obviously, he came to us a little bit banged up. So he had he had a longer role into the player he was becoming. But for our skill set, Fambo is a 6'11", small forward. Um, he has a feathery touch. Um, he can shoot the three. He can get the mid-range pull-up. He's athletic. Um, and he's just a, a really good young talent. Fambo. Is it safe to say, T, if you did a everybody all sixty draft picks and you put them in the shooting workout with Fambo is is there anybody? Any? No, he, he's one of the best shooters I've seen. You know, uh, what did
0: he make? Twenty eight uh, in our in our shooting drill at the top.
1: You know, and so I don't know if you you had uh, the clips of his pro day. He didn't miss. Oh wow! He missed about three shots in his pro day, and 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 so. That just goes to show, like, the level of shooting that he has. He shoot it very easy. Um, he just had to get bigger, faster, stronger. And once that happened, is over. And in the last game of the season, he became who we thought he could be. And we don't want to say it was too late. No, it was right wow. on because now he's going to ride that momentum into his next chapter. And so, yeah. uh Fambo is, is really good. He's He was uh, used to amazes us at some of the things he can do and what he was capable of. And so now we're just looking forward to him growing and, and keep going and getting better.
0: I'm looking for the clip where he uh, blocked the shot. I think this might be it. <laughs> oh, no, that's one of them.
1: There was another
0: one. <laughs> we blocked it in uh, Wisconsin, and you caught Ooh. the ball.
1: Oh, I caught the ball. He's in Wisconsin. He, <laughs> I got. Well, he was mad at me during the timeout. I told him to come on and wake up, right? Yep. I told him to wake up. Man, he the next play he blocked the shot and it came to me. He blocked it to me, like, Coach, shut your ass up. I said, but that's, but you know what? That's our job to push those buttons, man, because we know these that's dudes true. got talent. We just want them to always showcase it and show.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. And it was so funny when he did block that ball to our bench. I was trying to get to that ball first, but our all basketball instincts kicked in. You wanted that 50 50 ball. <laughs> More
1: I did, man. I took
0: that 50-50 <laughs> ball. <laughs> man, yeah, so the, what, what I love about Fanbo, really, is one, he's just such an awesome kid. Um, And you would think just because of the international uh, side of things that it would have been a language barrier or he wouldn't be able to pick up on what we're trying to do offensively, defensively. No, he knew exactly what was going on. He was locked in. He knew our sets. He never messed up on the set. You know what I'm saying? Team defense, he was always there. And then we showcase his shot blocking. Look at that bucket right there. But a catch-and-shoot threat, pick-and-pop threat. He also has some athleticism, too, um, as he continues to work and get his body there. I think he's another guy to be 6'11", right? Like, the wingspan is 7 foot plus. Look, he's getting down. Oh, look at that dime right there.
1: I mean, he's just scratching him, the surface. Man. i mean he's only 18 years old fambo has skill um so the next part as you know is when his body catch up with the physicality part of it he can play too and people probably think we just gassing because we coach him but they will see though you know we, we don't got the gas they will see and obviously he had a really good pro day so i'm thinking um He's off on his journey right now working out for a bunch of teams.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, if you're an NBA team and you're seeing him, you've seen, his, you know, our whole team, our squad, you see him, you take him. Like, look, I think I see something there. You know, I see something there. Just keep him working. And he's just going to be a blessing in disguise, man. That's how I see Fanbo.
1: Well, right in a lap, and uh, he, he's big enough to where he's going to make his man take, away from, take him away from the rim, and then obviously he'll be able to shoot that ball. So it's a place for him in the NBA. Uh, we just praying that he get to a spot to where they can help him develop and then showcase his talent.
0: Yes, sir, man. Yes, sir. Um, talk about the overall season. Right. I kind of touched on it a little bit, but, you know, from the start, the first game to where we went to the last game, because I think it was a beautiful journey, man. Talk about that.
1: Well, man, you know, we we uh obviously we are, are we're competitors. And so our first game we played against Iowa, man, we got got the doors blew off us, man. I think that was uh, it wasn't eye opening, but it was just letting our players know that we in for a journey. And that's where the trust started to come in and trust in our coaching. But we stuck with it. We never gave up on this process as a staff. And then our players didn't either. I mean, they got pressed every game, every game. They was a the target. Everybody wanted to make a statement versus them, but they never shied away. And the beauty of it all is they fought to the end, and we got better as a team. So had we started off now, say this was year two of that team, we'll probably come in the season start off going 10-0, and 0, just on right. how we built it up. And everybody started to understand what it was all about, and I was just proud of the journey, the ups and downs. But we had a good time through it all, man. We had we made sure we stay, kept the fun kept the light, and we had a good time through it all
0: absolutely absolutely now you know a lot of this is is about player development um what i love about this uh opportunity uh even like pre-draft and things like that is you're able to give a cheat sheet to the league right you have experience as a as a player in the nba and then you've also coached high school and you coach college so you kind of understand where they're at psyche wise You know, a lot of times in our heads we think we hear or whatever, but just talk about the importance uh, from your experience to, you know, what you implemented on the player development side. Basically, the importance of the player development and what you see in your philosophy with player development.
1: Well, obviously, player development is number one in, in anything. Without that, I don't think you have any of the talents we're watching daily in the NBA. But for us, man, for me personally coming in, being that I just was removed from college, it was meeting these guys where they were mm-hmm. right. I knew they wasn't coming in with the mindset of I'm a 10 year veteran. I know this. I knew that they was coming in from with a high school mentality where they was able to shoot all the balls. They had the ball in their hand the whole time. Everything was about them. So I wanted to meet them, meet them there and help them grow. And so a lot of times we would see a high school move or this that. Mm-hmm. And that was okay. It, that, that didn't alarm me, but they was kids. They was babies, and we wanted to raise these dudes into men within seven seven months. So I knew that was gonna be a process. But long as we kept them in the gym working, long as we kept them on the path of getting better and showing them video, showing them uh, make mistakes uh, in game and correcting them, I knew they can get better because they all had that elite level confidence and their belief in them, and they wanted to get better and get to the NBA. So I knew dragging them into the gym wouldn't be a problem. I knew they would be uh, self starters, and that's why they turned out to be a good group.
0: Yeah, and I think it was awesome because none of our guys were lazy. You know, they right. wanted to get better. They knew we had the experience, uh and they they were thirsty in a great way to get all the knowledge they could to get there. Um I think what was what's important too is that um this this program it is new, it's different and we're paving the way, right? Yes. As more guys are getting drafted um, I think more of the younger guys are going to see that this is a great path to make it to the league. And as you look at uh, my man, I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank right now. In Houston, Jalen Green, right? We came in. I saw summer league. You was there. I was there. His first few games, he looked like he belonged right away. So you know, talk about like some of the alumni that have have gone through the ignite. I mean, obviously, you know, we weren't there. But um, this is going to be a reoccurring thing, a guy's showing up looking like they're ready and belong.
1: Well, the past alumni, they want, they're the trendsetters. They're the groundbreakers. These guys set it off because they took the leap of faith and chose that over college. And so, with obviously, with Jalen Green being an elite-level talent, um, he was the number two pick in the draft. And when he got drafted, I mean, he averaged 18 points as a rookie. Now, people will say, oh, that's easy. No, it's not. No, it's not to mm-hmm. do that 18 points a game over 70 games, have four straight 30s, and then end the season with a couple 40s. That's that's another level. And that's yep. a testament to him playing against pros uh prior to joining the NBA. And then you had Jonathan Kaminga. He will be playing in the NBA finals tonight. He averaged nine points and five rebounds. He was another guy that was voted to the rookie game. Um, he went to a team with a veteran team, so he had to earn his due. But he shot over 50% from the field, 65% from the free throw line, average over nine, and he's playing at a high level and he's playing with Hall of Famers. So just imagine his learning curve and and just imagine how he has to be ready and and, and locked in and the knowledge that he's getting as a rookie. And then Mm -hmm. obviously you have Isaiah Todd, who was the 31st pick. He went to the Wizards, Um, another young talent who's still developing Yep. And, he craft and he's crap, he's going to get better. And then Dacian Nix, he signed a yep. four-year deal with the Houston Rockets, point guard extraordinaire, um, similar to Andre Miller, young player, 20 years old in his prime, and not even in his prime yet, still young, and he's developing that skill set, and he's going to take his game to the next level as he continues his journey. So those four guys paved the way for our group, and we just always have to give them a shout-out because without them, me and you probably wouldn't even be here.
0: Yeah, absolutely and shout out to Dacian Nix cuz he did just win the NBA G League championship as well. I watched that game.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh it, it looked
0: easy for him. So, you know, shout And, and, out and to I got all a step that for
1: you. Reef always gave me the stat. I don't want to misquote him, but 40 to 50% of the entire NBA has played in the G League. So, mm-hmm. it's not this this mindset, oh, the G League is weak. No, guys like Jordan Poole uh, crafted his his game out there. Gary Payton II. 2nd uh Giannis out to uh Pascal Siakam like everybody comes through there to get some bump yep. regardless of who you are Robert Williams another player Marcus Smart all these guys and came through to get some bump and it's not a step down it's a yeah. step up yeah all right and then when you get drafted and you go down there they send you for a reason to to get better and you just so happen to play against the Ignite as well so uh great basketball in that league
0: Yes, sir, and and one question I want to ask you too um, is, you know, when you get all these guys right, um, and you've been preparing, you've seen a lot of basketball, you played in a lot of different sets, you, you, you've you've been an assistant. How do you come up with the style of play uh, with the sets uh, to to basically showcase everybody's talents? I and mean, we only got forty eight minutes in the game, but how do you figure out how to you know, showcase everybody in their their best light?
1: Well, man, I'm a basketball junkie. And so uh, just studying these guys prior to us even starting, I already had like the type of offense I wanted to run. And Mm -hmm. so moving forward, um, I'll just go and study some NBA, some college and see comparisons of who we have and and what style can make them look the most comfortable while they're being observed by the NBA um, scouts. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't want to put a system in. Time where they was out there thinking. I want them to play and react because the game is about reacting. And then also I want to have something to where it'll highlight their strengths naturally. And so that's how we built the offensive uh sets last year. And each year will change because we're gonna have different personnel. And so it's us adapting to them as opposed to them adapting to us. We're going to create an environment to where they make them look good. Because again, it's about them and not us.
0: I love that. Honestly, you know, I really do. I, I think that's great because you're able to see what all these guys have done individually before you've got them. you like, okay, this dude likes to come off pin downs or this guy likes to come off the pick and roll. Okay. I could put something in, in motion and then here it is, or, you know, put them in a, a position where they can be comfortable. And then for me as a player development coach, I'm looking at our sets. I'm like, okay, this is where you're going to be at in the offense. This is what we need to master. Right. So it becomes easy in the games. Right. So, uh, I thought it was a great compliment to the guys, um, you know, the staff and, and to you and, uh, even, even Rod and everybody for putting you in place, uh, for these guys to be in the right light to get, get drafted, man. One guy we left off, who is a two-year guy, that, you know, I love talking about, and, uh, I think the world is learning about who this young Young monster is, man. Uh this 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 just a young basketball star in the making. I don't know how else to put it. And it's not because of his ability, uh, but all it's more so about his work ethic and his mindset at such a young age. Um Scoot Henderson, you know, talk about Scoot and how special he is.
1: Well, you know what, man, when we first and, and obviously I seen him when you seen him, man, when when he came in the gym and, and, and he started working out. We couldn't believe that he was 17. And let me tell you why I couldn't believe it was 17. It wasn't his athleticism or his dunk and all that. It was his level of professional shit. Like yeah. this dude was about business. I've never seen Scoot walk into the gym with a cell phone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like before the practice, after practice, skill development. He's about his business, and he uses that to his advantage. I think a lot of times, you know, we get caught up. You know with our phones social media this or that he had a mindset where he know what he want to do with his career he know what he wants to be in his life and he's going full-fledged at it and he's taking no prisoners and the biggest thing that he has going for is he has an unlimited amount of confidence and his work ethic is second to none and he has a great imagination and my job as a coach is to allow him to keep that imagination don't try to suffocate it and box it in and ha- help him discover even more. And that's what we're doing uh, as a staff, and that's what we're going to be expected to do this season.
0: Yeah, man, you know, I agree. And the one thing that I look at is to see how serious somebody is. An indicator of how they are about their craft is when you look at their body, the eyeball yep. test. When you mm-hmm. see Scoot Henderson in jersey and uniform, right, you like, man, this dude has no body fat. He's mm-hmm. clearly defined. He's cut. He started his season with us at 17, had his 18th birthday, halfway through the season. Nah, towards the end of the season. Towards the (laughs) end of the season. My bad, my mistake. But he was hovering around triple doubles. Um, He he got scouted a little bit, and I thought that was great for him. You know, he was able able to uh, work through some things that he was going to see at the next level and how he's going to be guarded. He was able to watch some more film, right? He was Mm -hmm. able to get on the court. Simulate those situations, and then figured out, okay, if you double me, I'm gonna do this, right? Mm-hmm. If if you drop, what I loved about him, he had a great mid-range jump shot. If yep. you jumped up at me, I'll go around you, I'll dunk it, right? right. If I get the rebound, I'll push, and then and then if, if two guys are on me or if you hedge, I can find the shooter, I can find a roller, the popper, and I thought that was so amazing for him to learn that at 17. Right. Like I remember just working in the league and being in the video room that guys would have uh, a little bit of a learning curve. Yeah. To to figuring out how to handle the pressure. He's got that now. So the sky's the limit for this kid. Uh, You know, (laughs) I could go on and on about Scoop, but you know where I'm coming from.
1: Yeah, no question, man. And the next step for him is to being able to break the, da- the game down visually like Tom Brady. And so that's our jo- that's our next step with him and have-, have him see the game before it happened. And then again, it's going to become even easier. Yeah. So that's the next step for him being able to break it down like he was a Hall of Fame NFL quarterback. And he has the wisdom, the knowledge and, and the willingness to learn and grow and grind and Man, the sky's the limit for him. We don't know which school, what Scoop. What's the end for Scoop? It's just—it's limitless. So I never like to put a cap on anything with him.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I told you I, I never ask him what he want out of this or um, where he see itself because I think he may think we crazy. So just like 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 a Kobe, one of those phenoms, you just leave those guys alone and, and let them journey in their own mind because they think different from how men you think T, for sure
0: absolutely man and, and that was the thing with him you know i always wanted to make sure i gave him something that he could use it was never something he just wanted to show him just to show him right it was hey this is they gonna so one thing i remember i showed him was you know they're gonna be afraid of your first step so right. uh one thing was just like a like a half step like you're going and just pull i yeah. remember i showed him that right before practice and he was like oh i like that and he did it Bunch of, and he did it in practice when we were scrimmaging and it went in
1: mm-hmm.
0: the ability to transfer information to me is second to none like there's a guy behind me Kobe Bryant like low-key you know I've been you know around my pops that was his 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 rook. I remember some of these practices the mindset, the focus, the getting in early between me and you. I think one day we were talking. We talked about you could tell basketball is on his mind before right. we go to bed, because right. <laughs> he was getting. We'd be in our coaches' meeting. Next thing you know, we just
1: hearing the ball bouncing. Like who is that? Uh, Scoop. <laughs> and we hoping. and that's the sign of a true Hooper. Like you know, you you whatever you thought about before you went to bed, you woke up that next morning like, oh, I'm on that. And not saying none of the other players was on that, but right, he just had that ability, and, and he was in there working out by himself, and that's something that he would do. So that means nobody is can dictate his dream. He's not going to wait on anybody. And for to for a young guy to be on that, away from his parents, away from his family, by himself, shit, I don't know if we'll ever probably see it again. I mean, Ooh, it's that not was, too tough. Was, yeah, it was tough. <laughs> yeah, was tough. That last highlight was tough. <laughs> <You> <laughs> wrote was, to the Euros are the same. Was tough. It was up. <laughs> Left to the left and then back to the right. Uh, yeah. That was tough, man. That's 6'3.
0: That's 6'3, man. Yeah. So um, now I got, we done talked about the Ignite. Now I want to just talk hoop with you, man, because you know we talk hoop. Who is your favorite player of all time? Your favorite player, not because of what everybody else saying. Who is saying. Who's your favorite player?
1: Magic Johnson. Ooh. I'm raised in Los Angeles, California. Um, I'm born in 1978. So you got to think, I probably started watching TV or knowing what it was probably four or five years old. So you figure that's 82, 83. We had a local channel, Channel Nine in Los Angeles, where K-Cow. all our games, yeah, KCAL, all our Laker games came on local TV. And so that was my first introduction to a guy playing basketball. And I didn't know how tall he was, or whatever. He's smiling all the time. So magic <laughs> made me want to be a hooper. He made me proud to be an L.A. native, and um, he's my favorite basketball player of all time. That's mine personal.
0: Hey, I love that. I, you know, I love Magic. I got Magic up on my wall over here. You know, uh, he was one of the best, man, just one of the greatest. Now, uh, if you were to put a team together, right, some of your favorite players, who's at the one, two,
1: three, four, five? So at the one, I'm going Magic. At the two, I'm going um. Ooh, that's tough. Okay. At the two, I'm going uh, Jordan. Okay, at, the, at, the, at my other two, because I'm going two wings. I'm going uh Kobe. <laughs> yep. I'm having LeBron play small forward at the forward. And then I'm going with uh Shaq at the five. Shaq, all-time favorite big. I mean, I just I just love what you always <laughs> say, T. Dunk the ball. <laughs> so that's my five, and and I think that that's an each position they was all unguardable. So and everybody on the court had IQ. So that that's my five.
0: I don't think I can compete with that, but you know I'm a, I'm gonna take it to a whole nother level real quick because I know you're such a, 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 a local LA diehard Laker fan, right? <laughs> Growing up as a Laker fan, who's your top five Lakers?
1: So One my to top five. Yeah, my top five Lakers is uh, Magic, mm-hmm. two, uh, Kobe, mm-hmm. and three, I'm going to go Kareem, four, I'm going to go uh, Worthy, and yeah. five, yeah, five yeah I got to go Big Game, James. Yeah, right. you
0: know, we always talk about Big Game, how he gets slept on. Man, why are they sleeping on Big Game like that?
1: Right. Well, you know what it is, because it's, he's so far removed from the game that we forget And then obviously, my fifth will be Jerry West. I don't really count LeBron as a Laker because he was signed there a few years ago. So he hasn't put that time in. But I think those five with Jerry West are the top five Lakers of all time.
0: Word, word. I agree, man. You know, I I learned a stat the other day, man. And I don't know how I didn't notice, but did you know Michael Cooper was the first all defensive player, the defensive player of the year off the bench? The only. Player to win Defensive Player of the
1: Year off the bench, and I believe that was 1987. See, I think I think it was 87 because uh, remember I told you I found some YouTube videos and I remember he got remember he said I, I got your tickets. I was able to get two of them. That? <laughs> so I think that was 87 too. In 87 they beat uh, they beat Boston because 88 yeah. was Detroit. So I think he did one that in 87. But Coop Coop had good D man. He guarded all the best players man. Long arms, length used to run a court, shoot the set shot three, Um, a true Laker. And those are the Lakers who we know and identify ourselves with because we may see Coop walking around L.A. right now. So that was the golden era of basketball in the city of Los Angeles.
0: Yeah, man, you know, Coop, we all go back, man. Uh, (laughs) That's like family to me. All those old uh, Showtime Laker guys, man, those are like uncles to me. Uh, I still get to see Coop every weekend at the big three. Uh, you know, he 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 shows a lot of love, and guess what? He still wears the high socks daily. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> daily, and That's crazy. Um, so under
1: his pants, he under
0: pants. one day. I had my phone, and I said, "Coop, man, everybody wants to know: Do you still have on the high socks? Do you still rock them?" He said, "What? Of course." He pulled his pant leg up, and the high socks were still there, well, man. Well, I wonder
1: why. Is it? Do we think his legs are cold? I mean, why does he wear it with pants on? I don't know, man. That's just Coop. You know, <laughs> you gotta love him. That's Who cool. got drafted? He he got drafted to the Lakers in what fifth round, sixth round in nineteen seventy eight. He was he made it to the team a year before Magic.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly, man. He he was awesome, man. I, I love and he's so versatile. And obviously, with my pops, he started at the two, but they split minutes, and mm-hmm. uh, you know both of those guys I thought had the toughest jobs on the Lakers because yeah. they had to guard the point guards. They yep. had to get out and run on the right side of the wing, yeah. Uh, you know, and no matter where they were, they got out. If you look at all the clips, Pops is always on the right side. Yep. <laughs> James was on the left. And it was, you know, that, those were the days, man. Uh, what I loved about that group, though, honestly, uh, and, and it's part of the reason I think like I'm a coach now. Both of us are in coaching uh, as we both loved the Lakers at that time. You could literally watch the Lakers back then and learn every fundamental aspect about basketball. You know, Magic could teach you how to pass, dribble. You had Byron who could teach you how to shoot on the run, on the move, run the lane. You had Michael Cooper who could defend. You had A.C. Green who would rebound, right? You had uh, James Worthy that could show you footwork down low, right? And this is unconsciously thinking. We're not even really thinking it. And by the way. When I worked for the Lakers, it was so awesome. James used to come to practices and work with the guys with their footwork. And he taught me something with his sweep leg, which you know what I'm talking about. I I, I passed that on to everybody, by the way, that I get to work with. But uh, and then Kareem, you know, obviously the sky hook, the best post move of all time. Now
1: that was so, so look, look at those players. But T, you you remember I put in with well, us, we had the low lob for the guy. We started. <laughs> We started yep. making that right in 2022, and so I used to be like, T, I I found a live that, and we never got a chance to do a Coop's live play with Magic with Pop strong corner, and then Coop would throw it to Magic corner, and he would come off the live out of out of the, out of the uh, sob. So yep. we got to put that in. with we never got to do it with Scoop, but that's you know the, they still the plays they run are still transferable to today. Um, I put two in, and obviously. uh the level of high IQ that they had was just uh, second to none. So probably one of the greatest teams, if not all time, top five for sure. For sure,
0: one of my favorites. And, you know, it's funny, you know, because, you know, Dyson was a six seven point guard. So there were some clips we showed in the highlights where it looked like magic, where he had that lob, where he kept it high, uh, you know. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: shout out to you, man, and just your history of the game and, and being a student of the game, it, but also just applying some of the old school stuff in today's game where we were running floppy, uh, you know, the low lob play, stuff like that, man. I, I really appreciated that. And and if anybody was watching us and you, you came from those days, you would be hey, like, man, they ran a the low lob. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. But, you know, I, I don't want to hold you too much, man. Um, but I just appreciate your time just breaking it down uh, for our, for the fans uh the young guys we got that are about to get drafted and graduate and to be in yeah. pros they've already been pros but their dreams are going to come true uh you got anything you want to sign off with or anything you want the people to know
1: yeah man i just want to say uh, that i'm very appreciative of of just you know us giving this getting this opportunity sharif abdul rahim uh him and uh rod that came with this idea for the ignite program and i think we're doing a good job and uh turning the program into a desirable destination for young talent and uh again i'm just appreciative that we got this opportunity um we can't blow it and i think with our work ethic and our desire to see these young men get better the program is going to keep going and then i'll see you in uh, new york man on uh, june 20th man we got more work to do so yeah yeah on the
0: 20th i'm looking forward to it man uh we will be back with the Ignite. Um, I, I'm so happy for our young guys getting a chance that their dreams come true. And then the, the young guys that will be a part of the Ignite uh, the next year that we will be grooming to be the next batch of pros. Uh, coach, I appreciate your time, man. Thank you. Um, and man, yeah, I'll see you soon. Can't wait to get back on the court
1: with you. All right, brother, have a good one, I holler.
0: Yes, sir, shout out. That's the end of the episode of Buckets and Breakdowns. We, we came back from our uh, full time out. <laughs> And we back on the course, so stay tuned.